Hi, this is Marlene, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Stories of the Supernatural. Whether you're watching a video or listening to a podcast, please like and subscribe to us so that you can get notification of when a new show is released. Links to videos or MP3 files can be found on MiamiGhostChronicles.com. Go to MarlenePardo.com for information on new book releases. I narrate several podcast series that can be found on major podcast platforms and can also be listened to via Alexa, Sonos, and other home systems. Look for Supernatural Storytime for scary storytelling, Nightshade Diary for classic horror and adventure stories, Stories of the Supernatural for interviews with different guests on the show. If you want to get noteworthy news about the paranormal world, true crime, conspiracy stories, and anything that is just plain weird, you can visit Strange Than Fiction Stories tab at MiamiGhostChronicles.com or find us on Blogspot. I want to thank you for being part of my audience, and I think you are all wonderful. Hi, everybody. This is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles, Stories of the Supernatural. How's everybody doing? Good, I hope. Back this week with a new guest, somebody that hasn't been on Stories of the Supernatural before. And I'm just going to bypass the chicken excuses because I know there's people saying, so where the film about the little chicks? I haven't gotten around to it because I'm doing something uh, with a property on the other side of my property, some, some business work there that you know, when everything, things got to be done yesterday because all of a sudden things, you know, step up and you're like, huh? So that left no time for my little chicks so that I could put that video in here, insert it in here. But I promise, I promise, my best promise, I will try to. They're, they're, they're nice. They're growing. They look, but they're still chicks. They're, they're beautiful. And everybody, I haven't lost any chickens. Everybody's fine. Um, yeah. And uh, we had a problem uh, a couple of weeks ago where we had a neighbor's dog that for some reason kept jumping over their fence and jumping my fence and coming into the yard. And I had a, two, two pretty big scares because this is, I know I'm going to say this and I know a lot of people are going to go, oh, that's a bad reputation, but it's a pit bull. As a matter of fact, a beautiful pit bull, one of those blue gray ones. And let me tell you something, you don't, that's the kind of dog you don't want to find out how mean he is and he's you know for some reason he'd been there for months and all of a sudden he decided to pay a visit to my yard twice and I've got my dogs and I was thinking of my chickens and it's like oh it's like oh I don't have enough to do now I've got to worry about my neighbor's dog <laughs> romping around the property yay but anyway guys that's a little sliver of what's been going on with Marlene and I, like I said, I promise I'll get the information about the chicks and the chickens and all the, uh, the ones that I've got, you know, in therapy and chicken therapy, but let's get on to the good part. And the good part has to do number one, but well, before we get to the good part, sorry, that was, uh, is let me talk to you about my sponsor. My sponsor is primary notary services. Now this are services that they provide in the state of Florida. They're full notary services at your convenience, when you need it, where you need it. And the best thing is they travel to your location at a time that is suitable for you. And they're fast, friendly, reliable, and above all professional. And they keep your privacy in mind. They can assist you with immigration forms, virtual assistance services, title processing. They can officiate at your wedding. Um, 
they all their background, all their notaries are background checked, certified, bonded, and insured, and they're available seven days a week, after hours, weekends, and holidays. But the best thing that they can do is that they have what's called remote online notary services, which means that if you need some document notarized, okay, they can do it online. You don't, no visit required. So to reach them, uh, call toll-free 844-423-7773, 844-423-7773. And if you go to primarynotary.net, you can visit them there, or you can also email hello at primarynotary.net. Now, let's get on to the real good stuff again. And like I said before, this is a guest that hasn't been here on Stories of the Supernatural before. And this is a gentleman. His name is Keith Age. He's been called the legendary rock and roll ghost hunter, mostly because he has over 30 years of experience in paranormal research and because he's been a professional musician even longer. And the name was bestowed on him by Jason Halls of Taps. Uh, he's also the founder and president of the Louisville Ghost Hunter Society, formed in 1996 and has over 4,000 members worldwide. He's especially known for his extensive investigations of the Waverly Hill Sanatorium in Louisville, where thousands of people died during a tuberculosis epidemic that swept the area in the 1920s. Uh, he's, you might have even heard Keith on, uh, he's appeared on hundreds of radio stations internationally, speaking at numerous conventions. He's the host and associate producer of the Booth Brothers Spooked TV, which is a highly acclaimed documentary spook series, which includes Spooked, Ghosts of Waverly Hill Sanatorium, Children of the Graves, The Possessed, The Haunted Boy, The Secret Diary of the Exorcist Case, Soul Catcher, Trail of Fears, Children of the Grave, Number Two, The Unseen. I mean, we there's a lot to talk to Keith about. I'm telling you right now, it's like I can, the questions are going, Rrr. anyway, in 1996, he had a dramatic, at the age of 16, he had a dramatic encounter with a ghost, but it just wasn't any encounter. So I'm going to let him tell that story, but help me welcome him. How are you doing, Keith? I'm doing good. I, I never made the uh, connection. You were actually in Miami. I'm a Fort Lauderdale boy. Well, you know what? I was in Miami till about seven months ago and <laughs> I established, but I moved up to a little bit north of Ocala. Up in uh -huh. the, I live in a little town that's got less than 5,000 people. Cool. So, which I'm fine with. It's, you know, slower. <laughs> and, Definitely. I, and I got a property and where I can keep all my chickens and my animals and all that stuff. And Yeah, I, I was going to ask you, how are you keeping chickens in the city of Miami? <laughs> you know what? Before this, I used, to, I used to live out in Homestead, which, you know, is like the agricultural area for. Yeah, just, just um, outside of Fort Lauderdale. Right. And out there we could, because I had like three acres out there, but it was getting too, too much traffic, too much everything. And you know what? Up here, it's quieter. Um, we got a big property where, you know, we could keep chickens and a lot of roosters and nobody cares because you'd be surprised. A lot of places, cities and counties now, they have uh, regulations about whether you can keep chickens, whether you can keep roosters, how many. Surprising. So, yeah, I'm very happy up here. Um, oh, yeah. So, well, as a matter of fact, yo, every too. once in a while, people will say, hey, I hear your roosters crowing because, you know, as this towards twilight is when they start doing their crowing thing. So, 
Yeah, they'll they'll come out yeah, every once in a I, while in the background. I, I know the feeling. I'm getting ready to move to a house where there's chickens all around. So oh, I'm really? Sure I get How? the experience firsthand. I guess. Let me tell you something. I well, needless to say, I love chickens. I'm a, I call myself a chickenista. Okay. <laughs> and um, I have about right now. I want to make maybe forty to fifty in that range. Jeez. That's a lot of chickens. Yep. I lost a few out here to some birds of prey because out here there's yeah. there's bald eagles, there's ospreys, there's arrowhawk, you name it. Out here there's a lot of just just in the air that will it's like chickens, it's like yay. <laughs> yeah, not to mention the stuff that slithers on the ground. Oh let me well we, around here, believe it or not, they I know that they have problems with you got to be careful with some rattlers like copperheads, but they usually sneak under like pieces of wood and debris. Yeah. But believe it or not, those birds are praying at night. The owls, which are huge, they 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 decimated also a bunch of my chickens at night. They they kind of keep all of that clean. I mean, come, cool. it's a little bit darker. You hear those big, they're huge owls. You hear them going whoo whoo whoo, and you're like, there oh. they come. I'm, Man, I'm familiar. Huge. Okay, man, yeah. they're like, nobody, it's not like a little owl, man. Those things are, yeah, no, those unfortunately. Are, those are mothman size. Let me tell you something. I found, I, I, I found a few decapitated chickens in my yard <laughs> because of that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I was went through, what, what do they call it, trauma fire? Yeah, trauma fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah and that, but we, like, a couple of months ago, we had a feral hog that got hit by a, something, clipped it. It's <laughs> I had somebody doing some work for me. He goes, hey, by the way, you know, there's a there's a deck, one of those big uh, javali hogs, the ones. He goes, yeah. stop by your property on the road. <laughs> oh, really? And I said, well, I don't know how to dress. He goes, well, I got some boys that come over here. I said, okay. And I have a big pole back there where they used to have one of those uh, tire swings. Right. And they hooked it up on its hind legs, and they they skinned it. They, yeah, that was the end of that. They they decimated it in minutes. Yeah. They said, they even told me, look, we're not going to open up the belly because sometimes, even though it got hit on the snout, sometimes the uh, the intestines will rupture. So, right. and I know there's people going, oh, Marlene. And, you know, and they just took the hindquarters. I said, guys, you know, keep it, whatever you want. And I said, but the rest of me says, don't worry. There's a lake out there where some gator is going to be happy because we're, we'll just throw it there and they'll. <laughs> it was, oh, uh, yeah. but yeah. This is the kind of place I believe it or not. Some people go, man, that's, I, I love it. I love it. So yeah, we have a fence so that we don't get any unusual, you know, um, but you, yeah, you got coyotes and things like that. And I love it. I love it. It's, it's unusual, but yeah, no homeowners association. How's that? Yeah, there you go. How about Ocala? Uh, that's, that's a good area up there. Yeah, Ocala. I'm a little bit north of Ocala, a little bit north of Ocala because Ocala has gotten really populated. You know, everybody knows yeah. about Ocala. It was, it was a lot of hunting for many years, and they had the Ocala National Forest. <coughs> it's become yeah. pretty populated. I'm north of Ocala. Um, well, you're getting more into dense forestry as you go north. Yes, so. I am. Yeah, yeah, out here yeah. it is. Yeah, this is the kind of place that um, you go outside. There's no city lighting. <laughs> so unless you have provide your own lighting, talk about dark. Great for stargazing, though. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So anyway, let's get, I want you to tell my audience because I read in the bio and you, you, you made a, about that experience you had it when you were 16. Mm 
which by the way, I loved it that you said, what was it? You went to the music and the girl and, but following one and then the other got you into that fix. What happened? Yep. Well, like I said, you're, you're talking the mid to late seventies. So okay. I've been doing this over 40 years okay. and uh, the bio's just a little bit outdated. Sorry about that. That's uh, fine. Yeah, and uh, my music, my world was music. Uh, you know, the 70s was great for music. And uh, by the time I was 16, I was on the road touring all over the world wow. with the band. And uh, when I came back from touring, came home, met this young lady, and I, she wouldn't let me meet her mom and dad, which, you <laughs> know, I, I didn't think too much about it because I just figured, well, you know, 70s, I had the rock and roll look. I had hair down past my butt and the beard and the leather. And, you know, I just figured, well, she's just shamed, you know, <laughs> Don't, scared to take me home and show off, you know. Yeah. So well, finally, her parents invited me over there on her 17th birthday. And uh, I got to go in at just a little ranch house, you know, three bedroom house, nothing special about it. And she and I sat on this couch. And I'm asking her, you know, your parents are really great. Why didn't you want me coming over? And she's like, because we have a ghost in the house, and he doesn't like mine or my sister's boyfriends. And I was are like, yeah, no. I was like, okay, yes, you're right. So where we were sitting on this couch, you see down the hallway to the master bedroom, and there was a mirror, and you could see our reflection. Something kept walking in front of this mirror, breaking that reflection. So I'd go down and look. There's nobody down there. So I'm being young, dumb, and stupid, all this thing out for the yeah. rest of the evening. And as I went to kiss her goodnight inside the living room, I felt something grab hold of my left arm and power. It was really powerful. And the first thing I thought was, oh, hell, Dad's got me here. But he's sitting okay. over on Lazy Boy. And uh, I'm like, next thing I know, I'm flying backwards through the air. I go through the front door, through the screen door, and I land. No, I land about six feet out in the front yard. And I remember trying to catch my breath and what the heck happened? Am I okay? And then I thought that was so effing cool. Do it again. You know. You didn't, you didn't I, wig out. You didn't. Be no. Like they did. I didn't. And uh, like, like I tell people, people go, "Are you? Aren't you scared of this stuff?" I was like. I'm a musician from the 70s. I ain't going to play so <laughs> It's hard scared, to scare me. You know? Yeah. So but I take it what? That, me, but you can't scare me. Yeah. I'm sorry. I Go guess ahead. what? It hadn't been violent with you like it had been with other guys. Were you like the, the one that got the worst treatment then? Pretty much. Um, and even to this day, they can't keep nobody in that house. And, oh, you're kidding. You followed it? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was my introduction to the paranormal world. And uh, wow. I kind of, you know, me and that girl broke up. Okay. I kind of became like the oldest son, adopted son to the family. Okay. And uh, they moved out of there about 25 years ago and renting it, selling it. Uh, they sold it four times in one year because, you know, people say, hey, now there's just something here. And uh, to this day, they can't keep nobody in there. You know, it, you drive by and half time it's vacant. And how long did so would how long did they live there? All the time they lived there, they had that experience or something yeah. happening. 
Yeah, they were the second people to live in that house. Oh. Uh, it was actually the the subdivision builder built that house first in the neighborhood for his wife. She ended up dying of cancer in the house. And he finished oh. the rest of the neighborhood. And then he blew his brains out in the house. What? Yeah. So that's, that's who we always kind of figured that's who it was because there was never any other structure on that land, uh, you know, period. Built yeah, that in, is pretty, uh, uh... It was built and... in the late 50s, and there's no record of anything there. It was all just wooded land. Let me ask you, nobody ever... Nobody ever knew, like, you know how somebody says, yeah, you know, this guy, when he was alive, he was a real SOB, or yeah, that sounds like him. Nobody ever said, if it is this guy that used to live here, that sounds like something he'd do. Well, what we could what we could find out about him from his family that was left was mm -hmm. he loved his wife so much, you know, he, he put the money down to build a subdivision, but he made sure she had the first house. And, okay. uh, and then he was going to build a bigger house and, you know, sell that one as part of the track land. And then she ended up getting sick and he loved her more than anything and couldn't take it. He finished up the houses because he was contracted to do it. But his family said, no, he was a super nice guy and, you know, never any problems. Wow. That's so interesting. So even after all these years, nobody has been able to so i take it that he's still but let me tell you something keith the, the, the reason why i'm saying and i asked you that is paranormal wise for an entity to have that much force that a takes a lot yeah. of energy oh, yeah. a lot and, and granted i'm not as I'm not as big then as i am now you know we're talking 40 years yeah, later it doesn't uh, matter yeah, it still takes a lot of power to put a 200-pound person through a door, through a screen, about eight feet further. So, right. Yeah. It's like a lot of, yeah, a lot of emotion, a lot. That's why I was asking. I wonder what kind of person he was. Like, <clears throat> was he, for all you know, maybe he was the jealous type. And no, he was a nice, jealous guy. But I'm thinking something like that. Yeah. No, and. They had one son in the family, and it never did anything to him at all. No, the thing was the the boyfriend angle then. No, yeah, it was it was all the the sisters, the daughters. That and is was, so there interesting. There were three of them. There were three so of he them. had his hands full. So yeah. this obviously, I mean, let me tell you something. Not many people are lucky enough to get an introduction like that into the paranormal. By the way, some people, yeah, they have their you know things like when they're a child. They'll see something or they'll hear, some, hear something, but like that. So what happened? This was this hooked you then? Oh, definitely. And, uh, you know, and if you said you were hunting ghosts back then in the 70s, yes. you, you, you had, like, I, like I've said, you, you had the guys with the little white coats and the big nets running behind you. And, you know, uh, it's really funny because, and, and, and I love talking to somebody who's been doing this work for quite, a lot of time i say you know once upon a time you actually had to pay to develop film because it wasn't all digital oh, lord lord <laughs> yeah you know you take it to the photo man it's 1250 a pop yeah that, that was a lot of money back then yeah and, and all you uh, sometimes would get a whole bunch of nothing yeah and and you still do you know yeah, yeah. You know, just thank god a, 
SIM card costs a whole lot less, and you yeah, can reuse it over and over again. Yeah, but yeah, you know, I mean, it's but time again, consuming, but yeah, yeah. But it, then when the the digital age came in, I didn't cross over automatically like a lot of people did because mm-hmm. you know cameras were only five and six megapixels, you know, compared right. to what they are now, and uh, you know the cameras filled in what it didn't understand, you know, yeah. and. You know, they just were not trustworthy. Now, now it's at the point where it's pretty much what you see is what you get. Well, which the flip side of that is, and a lot of people know is that, unfortunately, also that that leads to a lot of uh, tampering with with oh, yeah. evidence and you know photographs and film and you you name it. Um, yeah. So here you are. You're young. You have this experience. So what happened? You as you were doing your music thing, did you ever have any more encounters like that um not so much with the music now some of the places you, know, you gotta remember the, these weren't bars we played these were coliseums and mm-hmm. places all over the road and uh, the england when we were in england and germany there were a couple places that were really cool but we you know you didn't have time to go explore nothing like that it's pretty much okay. music party get on the bus go you know you know, but it sounds to me like you might might be something like a magnet. Is that accurate well, or no? I, I have been called that. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I've I've had things thrown at me and struck me, and you know, people go, well, well, you know, aren't you psychic? And I'm like, uh, no, I don't have a psychic <laughs> in my body. If I was psychic, I would have ducked. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't like stitches no more than the next guy, you know. So, you at what point did you did you decide to go into actually paranormal research or investigations or trying to put a group together? How did that come about? In the early '90s, uh, local college around here asked me to come in and speak, and uh, which I did because I'd already been in the newspaper and stuff a couple times, and. Uh, I did, and then they they said, uh, you know, would you like to do some more? And I was like, sure. And then as more and more people got involved in it, I said, well, why don't we just start a little group up here? And because okay. I can't be everywhere, you know. Mm-hmm. And, then plus and what I were you getting? Were you getting? Were you getting? What was it? I imagine maybe after presentation, what did you do? Did you start getting people coming and saying, "Hey, I got something going on at my that place." Or, hey, my- my cousin's brother, step aunt, you know, everybody's got a story. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hypothetically, and that we, we talked about it briefly, that back in the 90s, it was people wanted to keep that a little bit more under wraps as far as actually oh, yeah, asking for help. Crazy. Yeah, they didn't want to be called crazy at all. And that was the double-edged sword. So you would go in there, and what, what, uh, what happened as far as did you? What were you doing? Were you doing like historic landmarks, or did you start working with people like at home and their homes? Well, you got to remember in the nineties, the historic mm-hmm. landmarks didn't want you in there at all. Yeah, you had, yeah. If you did it, you had to do it like not that you were doing it, but yeah, but yeah, people would, uh, you know, hey, look, I got something weird going on in the house. Can you come check it out? Mm-hmm. Also. Back then, there was a law that if you were selling your house or something oh, like that, yes. and you thought it was haunted, you had to report it. 
So yes. then the real estate agencies would hire me to go in and check it out. Really? Yeah. How interesting. And what did they don't let me, they don't do that no more. <laughs> I bet. Well, and a lot of people don't realize that every state has different rules. But yeah, yeah. there are certain things where they have to disclose uh, you know, the real estate sale if there's a chance that um some of them I believe even have a that even if there was like a, a murder or anything yeah. like that, they also have to disclose it as well. Yeah, so what would they do? They'd come to you and say, hey, I want you to go in there and tell me if it, there's anything going on supernatural. Is that what they'd ask? Yeah. And, I, and you know, and I tell them, look, this isn't a thing of just going in there one night, seeing what's going on. It's, right. you know, you, we go in there several times and see what we can find, you know, okay. and just because we don't find nothing, that means it's not haunted. Just means it not. didn't happen while we were there. Timing's not right for some reason. Yeah. It's not an on demand thing. Uh, so that's an itch. I hadn't heard of that one of the real estate. So let me ask you if you came back to one of these real estate agents and you said, Yeah, I don't know exactly, but I think there's something going on. What what were there, they? There, there were a couple times that that did happen and okay. they had to put it in the disclosure, you know, oh. that, that it's possibly haunted. So let me ask you, what is it? They didn't trust their, I imagine what, these are the sellers, uh, real estate agent, what they didn't trust their, their own client to like fess up and say, yeah, I've got a ghost in the house. Yeah. Because if you do the research, mm -hmm. there was, is, there's legal precedence where someone sued the former owner because they didn't tell him they thought it was haunted in New yes. York. Yes. And, uh, they won the case and that's, yes. that's what got yes. all started. That, that yep. was back in the 30s. Yep, yep. There was, over here in Miami, there was a um, a building. It, it, it housed the, a council. This was like, it was built like in the nineteen mid-1920s. And, um, Was you it know, built by Flagler? No, it wasn't a Flagler. It wasn't built by Flagler. <laughs> it was, it's, it's in what's little Haiti nowadays. But back then it was oh, okay. like Northwest Miami. But this was like in the mid-1920s. They had a council. It was very nice. Nice architecture, beautiful, whatever. But anyway, as the time progressed, you know, town becomes changes over, goes through incarnations. Bottom line, I want to say in the 90s, um, it went up for auction and a postal worker won it for like nothing. His plans were to make a restaurant. For some reason, he hadn't done his research properly. And after the fact he found out that it had this reputation as being haunted and he was able to get out from the, uh, the bid having the winning bid on the house. Yeah. Once he became aware that it came out, that it had the reputation for being haunted. So yeah, things like that. People don't think it, that happens in the real world. And I imagine also nowadays there's even homeowners that will think twice about asking a paranormal team to come and look because they're thinking, what if, what if I decide to 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 uh, sell this place and it comes up? And, you know, otherwise I can just act stupid. Or, and I don't know if you've run across this, where it's like after a while you tell people, you, and you could run across this with when you start talking to people and ask them about the history of any weird stuff, and you realize it's not the house, it's you, because just about every place they go, yeah. they. You know, it's like, you know, when you ask somebody, well, what have you been your experiences? And then they're going through this list of 
and it's just about every place they've been at. And then you think, uh, this isn't the place. There maybe there's something here, but your biggest problem is there's something that's coming with you everywhere you go. Yeah, that's like people say, you know, don't you afraid you're going to bring something home with you? I'm like, yeah, "Eh, only when I've been drinking. (laughs) And then it's like, okay. So let me, and now, you know what? And I, 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 I used to smudge down my car because whenever, and people, sometimes some of my other uh, members, you know, but sometimes we would all arrive in different vehicles and they'd look at me and what are you doing, Marlene? I'm like, "Ah, not taking any chances. Sorry. You know, if not every, not everything is bound to a place. People don't understand that you've got a lot of discarnates, which are free floaters or that for some reason they want to, if there's anybody sensitive, I mean, there's a million things that could come along with you for the ride and decide to take our presidents. And um, yeah, I, I'm not John Zaffis. I don't bring artifacts home with me. No, uh, but still, uh, you know what? If you if you come across as a sensitive or you there's something about you that they think that they can communicate or but any you know this thing where people think that you've got a ghost that's attached to a place and that they can't leave it. I beg to differ on that. Um, yeah. How about uh, Waverly Sanitarium? Twice I've tried. I've been going up to Kentucky twice, and my timing has been off to go there, and I've been dying to go there. That is such an interesting place. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, everybody needs to go to Waverly. I mean, I spent five and a half years up there. We mm-hmm. were the first ones to open it up for everybody and give the tours and all that. You know, got a lot of great evidence out of it. It just, they don't make buildings like that no more. Mm-hmm. And just the sheer history and, you know, there's pictures of the building after it was built in 1926. And, uh, you know, it's all farmland, wooded area. And now there's a eight lane highway that runs right next to it, you know. So yeah. you know, this pro- progress is good for some things and not for others. But everybody needs to go there at least once. And, uh, you know, I haven't been there in quite a while. But, uh, you know, people I talk to that still go and stuff, they say they get some great stuff out of it. Now, Hopefully. let me ask you, the, uh, the obviously, the sanitarium was built for two. Because people a lot of times think of, they, they, they get confused with asylums and sanitariums. They're not the well, same this, thing. The reason why this one really gets... <laughs> that confusion because it was both at one time uh, right because let me ask you something though was it originally built for the tuberculosis patients and then they used yeah. it as an asylum okay yeah yeah in 1910 on that hill they built a little two-story 40-bed wooden hospital up on top of that hill and uh, in the er- in the early 1900s tb just this germ came in and just sat down on this area and uh we basically live in a swamp it's all lowland stuff mm-hmm. except for that area, that area out there is it's up on a hill and um it's one of the highest points in louisville and you know they had no way of knowing what to do and how to cure this and by 1920 they'd raised over you know 11 million dollars and they built what's out there now and that could house over 200 patients at one time because they, the little bitty hospital they had there, the 40 bed, 
hospital itself, at one point, they housed almost 200 people in there. And, you know, that that's just crazy. Most of them died. You know, there was no chance. And uh, so, yeah, it was Waverly Hills Sanatorium. And there is a difference between sanatorium and sanitarium. Sanatorium mm-hmm. mean, means health, your, your physical health. Mm-hmm. San, sanitarium means mental health. There you go. So, yeah, so from 19, basically from 1910 all the way to 1981, it was Waverly Hills Sanatorium. And then it became Woodhaven Geriatrics sanitarium. So that's why a lot of people get it confused. You know, they think it was a sanitarium because it was. It was working, it was operating till when? Uh, as the, as a, a TB hospital until 1981. But you got to remember in 1956 streptomycin was found, which basically eradicated TB overnight. Right. And, you know, I, I've still got a scar on my shoulder from where they gave me a TB shot when I was in grade school, you know, gun and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't do that anymore. That's like you hear people yelling about getting vaccinated for you know, COVID stuff. I'm like, look, you don't realize what you are mandated to do back in the 50s and 60s. You know, you had to get these shots going to school. And well, you, you know you what? Like you tuberculosis was such so contagious people don't realize uh how you know that you could catch it like you said from what i understand uh even they they would even kids you know would end up there with a parent for example uh staying there because they had nowhere else to go yeah it's, it's real simple and if you and i were married and back then those families had a lot of kids Mm -hmm. you know that day and age well you know, you and I slept in the same bed. Some of those kids probably slept in the same beds. Yes. Well, yes. you and I, it was the law. If you got TB in the United States, you had to go to a sanatorium. All yes. right. Fine. What do you do with the kids? Aunt Betsy over here doesn't want them because she oh, doesn't no. want to get sick. So, you know, yes. what do you do with them? They either become wards of the state or they go with them. Yes. People don't realize that back then. People, with good reason, by the way. We're scared of contagion, and sometimes the symptoms of TB don't show up right away. In other words, you could have it, and you wouldn't know it right away as far as, like, you know, all the the problems that come with it. So, yeah, like you said, you know, you really didn't have a lot of people standing in line saying, yeah, I'll take your kids for you. Uh, So, yeah, Yeah. that's. Yeah, that's, that's like, you know, originally Waverly wasn't designed to have kids. But we've got photographs of when it first opened up. They built a play gymnasium on the roof of this five-story building. You know, there's wow. swings and merry-go-rounds and all kinds of stuff, and it's all up on the roof of this thing. And, uh, you know, they just made do with what they could. Yeah, I imagine they did. And because I have heard, um, you know, that some of the th- experiences that people have had at Waverly have to do with kids, either hearing children, you know, or things like that. And it's, they say that the the source is that they did have children there. Yeah, there were, and there was a lot of them that died up there. Uh, A lot of people talk about Timmy, the the boy with the little ball, Mm -hmm. the the leather ball. 
I actually have a picture of Timmy. You do? And, oh yeah. How'd you? How'd you? What happened with that? How did you get that? Uh, spending five and a half years up there. Uh, you had yeah, to get like at least once, right? Yeah. But and uh, you know, and also one night giving a tour. I when when we first walked in that place, you got to remember it had been closed for almost 20 years at that point. No electricity, no water. Kids have vandalized it just to steal all the copper and, and tear the place apart. And there was almost two foot, two foot deep of garbage and dust and debris on the floor, on every floor. All the windows were busted out. And uh, I had a habit of walking backwards, giving a tour and talking to people. And one night I tripped over something and I looked, it's a little leather ball. They don't make little leather balls anymore, unless it's a soccer ball or a football or a mm -hmm. baseball. This is like a, a bouncing leather ball. And uh, got the tour done and went, took the ball and put it up on the fourth floor, waited about 20 minutes, went back up, the ball's gone. Nobody else is in the building. The building's been cleared. Oh. Uh, we found it down on the second floor. So we took it and put it up on the third floor. Go back in there 20 minutes later, it's up on the fifth floor now. So this went on for like five or six times. And then finally we went through and ended up putting it on the first floor. It was the last place we put it. And uh, went back, it was gone. And nobody's ever seen it since. Has, do they call him Timmy because they just gave him the name Timmy? Or does anybody know if that's the child's real name as far as well, that that's, he said? That's the name that the people there. They just him. named uh, the, the little boy, whoever, Timmy. Okay. Yeah. All right. And But I've heard there's also, there's supposed to be other kids, though, that are seen in there somewhere. In other words, I, I had heard about Timmy and the ball. And also they've had... Um, don't they have a haunting also associated with one of the nursing staff? Uh, several, because, you know, nurses and doctors both got TB up there and died from it. Uh, we know that uh, a nurse in the early 20s actually hung herself just outside of room 502. Mm -hmm. That's up on the top of the building. And uh, that's who they think is that's seen a lot up on fifth floor right and what a, a lot of people don't realize that in those when they had those big sanitariums or asylums a lot of the staff they had a building in other words they would live they would provide yeah. places for them to live on the grounds it's yeah, not like now where you place, leave yeah no they they had a big nurse's cottage and i'm calling it cottage but it was a two-story building like mm -hmm. an apartment complex on the property that yes. where yes. the old uh, outdoor mezzanine connected it to the uh, the hospital. They also had a black housing area because you know, everything was segregated back then. Right. Mm -hmm. They raised their own vegetables and yes. farms, and they had pigs and uh, cows and chickens, and you know yes. everything there was produced there daily, fresh. Mm-hmm. They were self-sustaining. Yeah, that's the only way they could fight it was you got as much good, healthy food as you wanted, all the mm -hmm. fresh air, and morphine or aspirin. That's all they had to fight this with. That's, that's why it was also uh, yeah. considered the best technical hospital at the time 
because they did a lot of different experiments and stuff and that's you know it's like the, that's where the pneumothorax was invented was at waverly hills and uh, okay. right with that thing of the re removal of the ribs yeah uh, the discotomy right and uh you know so that so that the lungs can expand more get more breath in and mm -hmm. uh, you know that's why they took them out on the atrium the ones that were on that side of the building every day they took them out to get fresh air you know we've got pictures of them having snow on their blanket in their bed you know so i've seen a couple of those pictures where it looks like they have them these beds these hospital beds out in these balconies mm -hmm. okay and i'm thinking i'm getting cold just looking at it because they were what was it the thought or the belief that fresh air would help yeah like, was curative yeah. and yeah, you hear and them the way that yeah, the way that building was facing, you'd get a cold air from the west coming in, mm -hmm. and uh, and you know every floor had the uh, the atrium mezzanine on, on on one side of it. But if you went across the hallway, right. where uh, on the east on the west side of the building, those are the patients where they put them in, and they probably weren't coming back out. Yeah, let um, because I don't want to get my. But don't they also have uh? They have a, a specific haunting tied into, don't they have a tunnel there that, that was being used for transporting the the bodies out? Well, actually, that tunnel was built before the hospital was. Uh, like I said, this sits up on a hill. Okay. And at the bottom okay. of the hill is a train track. So they okay. built that tunnel to bring, and they put a rail car system in there to bring supplies up and down, you know, to build okay. the place and then yeah at, once it got built they used that train car system to lower bodies down to the trains. how interesting i did not know that i always thought that it had been built when they did the actual hospital as a way no, it was, of it just was, yeah, it was actually built beforehand uh and then like uh, the people there was they waverly hills also owned a bunch of houses on the bottom of the hill where the doctors mm -hmm. live and you know they were nice houses and stuff and that's what the doctors would do they would come in through that tunnel and walk up because it was heated in the winter time and uh it was cool in the summer because you're underground right exactly and people don't yeah yeah exactly uh, that that's the thing that uh i did not know that well i have heard though that and i don't know if you found the evidence that that there is some type of you know, active or intelligent haunting going on in the tunnel? Well, I'll be honest. I never saw anything intelligent in the tunnel. Okay. Uh, and I'll tell you right now, after doing this almost 45 years, mm -hmm. I've never seen a ghost like me or you looking at each other. Okay. What have you experienced? Like being <laughs> like, <laughs> what, what is it? What is it? Hearing things or, or like oh, touched I've, I've, and stuff like that? I've heard I've been thrown through doors, thrown through walls. Uh, a mm -hmm. couple months ago at Post Town, uh, we were laying there trying to go to sleep. Me and my girlfriend we were talking, and yes, I I have slept in Post Town many times. Uh, and we're laying there talking. Next thing I know, I got yanked out of the bed by my leg. So oh what? Know. Oh yeah. Ah. Hey. Uh, <laughs> And then we no, have, no, I was going to say no after camera, that, I don't know what. There's no cameras on, but if you go to Post Town, their uh -huh. website, Daryl Wisman, the owner, 
he's got a bunch of videos up. He does have a uh, video up of where he got knocked out of the bed and just got scratched up to pieces. Who do they and think it is? Uh, he, who or what? Uh, I'm not going to. Well, at Post Town, uh, about a half a mile up from it, directly behind it is a railroad track, and about mm -hmm. half a mile up from it uh, was one of the worst train wrecks in Ohio history, in the nation's history, really. And they used the land that was <clears throat> going to be uh, the school, okay. uh, the triage center, where like 200 people died. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then there's only been one accident inside the school where a little girl was either pushed or fell down a balcony of three flights of stairs, but she died in the hospital two days later. Wow. That is so no. Okay. Who needs to see ghosts? I mean, what happens to you? It's like, now let me ask, considering all the time that you were, going to Waverly. Did anything ever follow you home? No, not that I know of. And just because of the sheer sense of, you know, familiarity. Oh, here he is again. You know, like, oh yeah, he was, nobody decided to hitchhike and show up no, at home. Not, not that I know of. If it did, it didn't make itself known. And that's just something I've never worried about. Uh, you know, I've been all over the world doing this. Mm -hmm. So, and what's interesting, and it not not just playing music, but other places and stuff. Uh, like I said, I'm not psyched, but just the feeling of some of these different places, especially the older places you get to, the castles in England, there you know you feel more Dracula's Castle, Panary. Mm -hmm. It's just got a weird vibe to it. You know, you, first of all, you got to walk up 2,100 steps to get to it, and you realize this is where he impaled 20,000 Turkish uh, Let me tell you, let's talk about dark history. Yeah. But, you know, over there, he's considered he, the national yeah. hero. Mm -hmm. you know, yes. He, he saved him from the Turks. From the Turks, from the Ottoman Empire. Yep. Yeah. Keith, have you ever arrived someplace? I, I think I already know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask, have you ever gone someplace not ghost hunting, just any place where you've actually been scared? No. Uh, like I said, I'm going to... You know, I'm going to ask because... And I'm not saying this like... that Because, you know, sometimes everybody thinks, um, you know, paranormal research. Sometimes you're not on a, on a on any type of ghost hunt. You're not doing anything. You could just be traveling and things happen. Yeah. No, I've, I've never been scared. My curiosity gets the better of me. Um, what I will tell you is this, there's only been three places I've been to where when I walked onto the property, the hair stood up on the back of my neck. Okay. And, and that uh, was? First one was the actual exorcist house because we were the first ones to ever film it and investigate it at the same time. This walked is the one with a, with a kid, with a boy, the original one that supposedly that the, that the Alexian brothers did the, um, the right. exorcism it's on. Okay. St. Louis. In St. Louis, right. yes, mm -hmm. and uh, walked into the house, and uh, and we caught some wild stuff, and uh, sci-fi wouldn't show it. Really? Of, yeah, and uh, you know, it just the hair stood up on the back of my neck, and I went, "Wow, okay." The other place was Gettysburg. First time I ever went there, and I got up on Round Top mm -hmm. and just looked out 
looking out over the whole entire plane, and it just the hair stood up on the back of my neck then. And okay. then the only other place was Custer's uh, uh, Last Stand. You okay. Know, just the little bighorn area. Yeah, yeah, little bighorn, and you just walk out there and you go, wow. the the sheer madness of one man who had less than two hundred, you know, battalion of less than two hundred, thinking mm -hmm. he's going to go round up a bunch of old women and old men and children. And not listen, yeah. you know, just the sheer stupidity. He's not listening to his people who are saying, "There's the whole Sioux Nation down there." Right. You exactly. Know? Exactly. Like it's yeah. not only that he, he, you know, he forfeited the lives of uh, his men, basically. Yeah, because, just being stupid, thinking he could go down there and beat them. You mm -hmm. know. No. I mean, yeah. you know, What's that saying? A legend in his own mind. Yeah. Oh yeah. And if you do any research on Custer, you'll you'll see he was, uh, yeah, a megalomaniac, you know, and his yeah. ego. Yeah. Plus, he actually was here in Kentucky. He was stationed here. Mm -hmm. uh, he got uh, in trouble, and they stationed him here in E Town at uh, the fort out there, which is like you know forty minutes away, to take care of the Ku Klux Klan okay. to get rid of them. And uh, there was a Masonic home out there that people still go to that uh, there's letters where, you know, he brought his wife, Mary. They yeah. had a little cottage behind uh, the Masonic lodge. He played checkers with the boys, you know, and drinking cigars and I mean, drinking drinks and smoking cigars. Now, let me tell but, you something, you know, if you look at a lot of these historical figures, they're imperfect, but they're human. You know what I'm saying? But oh, usually God, yeah. those ones with those big egos usually end up doing stupid <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, and getting everybody around them killed. You know, and, and that's that's one of the things I love about the paranormal, the history. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, hi history can prove a haunting almost every time. Yes. And you gotta do yes. you gotta do your research, you gotta know your craft. You mm -hmm. know, like I said, I do everything non metaphysically. I, I'll listen to people who say, I feel this, I, you know, or this, that, and the other, you know, but I've also been told I don't like psychics. I'm like, no, some of my best friends are psychics. And then I've been accused of shooting one and I didn't shoot her. I shot over her head. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. Put the brakes on. Back that up. <laughs> you need to say okay. that. Tell me that story right there. Um, there's a place again in E-Town here in Kentucky uh -huh. It's called Hell's, called Hell's Gate. Okay. Uh, people think okay. it's a portal to hell. It's right. just a little right. old country cemetery, family cemetery. Is that the one and that stole, stole something cemetery? Uh, no. Okay. No. I got wrong cemetery. Keep going. Okay. So uh, this famous psychic called me and said, hey, I want to go there. Can, can you arrange it? Which I did. I knew the family. And... Um, you got to go back back in the woods and you go up a little gravel old mud road and you get there and there's a little parking spot and then you got to walk up the hill to get to the cemetery. You know, most, most of the things that have come out of there, people saying, oh, it's this, it's, that. it's bugs. You know, it's, <laughs> you know, it's all natural stuff. Uh, yeah. And uh, 
so and this person comes with an 18 passenger van and all these people get out and I'm like going what is this and there she gets out of the van and I stick my hand out to shake hers and she hits the ground and she's oh St. Michael help me there's so much dark energy she's writhing on the ground and going on and on and on and I'm going lady you're not even in the cemetery yet it's up the hill quarter mile away and uh, all of her these people they kneel down beside her and they put one hand on her one hand up in the air and they start chanting stuff you remember Don Knotts and the ghost of Mr. Chicken? Yes, I do. You remember yes, how I the do. women would walk by and put their hand on him yeah. and go, Tello, yeah. that's what I'm looking at. <laughs> and this is going on and on. And there was two of my guys with me there. And they said, hey, what are we going to do if she's really sick? I said, I guess she's going to die because I ain't giving her mouth to mouth. And um, <laughs> this went on for a couple more minutes. You know, just as, oh, St. Michael, send energy, help me, please. I'd had enough, and I just pulled my gun and shot it straight up in the air. And just as soon as that hammer hit that shell, she got right on the ground. Yeah, she stood up. They didn't say a word. They got back into the van and left. And uh, I told my guys, I said, well, that's the first time I've ever seen a demon run from a 45. I know. I was going to say, that was a short investigation. Yeah. But yeah, that. Uh, and I, and um, I've been accused of also throwing somebody off the roof of Waverly. I didn't. I dangled them. Did the, you know, it's just, it's all in the wording, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, if I, if I had thrown them off, I'd be in jail. Um, so why would you want to dangle somebody off the roof of Waverly? Well, when we were giving tours, you, you get the drunk and the idiots. And mm-hmm. there was this, this young kid, looked like he was about 12, 13 years old. He had his girlfriend up there. They're taking the tour. And these four older bullies, for a better word, were bullying them. And okay. when we got up to the roof, we told them, you know, don't go near the edge because some of the bricks are loose and you could actually fall to your death. Mm-hmm. And I, I just had enough of it. And this one kid grabbed the younger kid, act like he was going to push him over the edge. And I just grabbed him and slung him. Didn't realize I was slinging him over the edge. And and when I did, I, since I had him there, I just looked at him and he's screaming and everything. I said, it's a good day to die, isn't it? How's it feel? And then, then I realized I couldn't pull him up. Oh, <laughs> Okay. uh, It was like, okay, I'm getting too close to the truth on this. Yeah. So, So, uh, but no, I didn't throw him. And yes, he got pulled by my my helpers that worked with me. They came and helped me pull him up. It was like, (laughs) that that must have been one forgettable tour for him. I never saw him after that. (laughs) I wonder why. (laughs) It's like, really? You're kidding. Yeah. So let me. Uh, are you still actively doing uh, investigations now with with your uh, group? Oh yeah, oh yeah. That and, and in the last twenty years, I ran the Mid South Paranormal Convention. Okay. Uh, and then after COVID, I kind of had a break here for a couple of years, and we're coming mm-hmm. back this year with uh, what's called Keith Ages Mid America Paracon in October. Okay. And part of uh, the National Con 
called Friday Night Film Fest, which is national big time, and uh, they're going to be two shows under one roof for one price. You remember the movie Monster Squad? Yes, of course. Absolutely. All of them will be there, including the children. Which are not children anymore. Yes, no, I've done no, it. No. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've done a lot of cons. I've, I've, I've gone to, I've, I've participated in a lot of uh, comic cons and you name it, the uh, horror cons, and same, uh, same yeah, it, you, you see a lot of the people, the nostalgia, and all of a sudden you're looking at them. It's like, okay, yeah, that was once upon a time. But yes, they're all. Yeah. I was gonna say they're all alive because man, time goes by, and sometimes some of these, uh, the young kids, not so much, but the little girl, I imagine she's forget it. Yeah, Phoebe. Yeah, she'll be there. Yeah. And uh, uh, Andre Gower, who played the little boy, he'll be there. Mm -hmm. And all the monsters, all the monsters will be there, except for Frankenstein, because he died. Okay. And, uh, that happens. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then on the paranormal side, mm -hmm. uh, right now, uh, got the Booth Brothers, my partners in crime. Okay. They'll be there. And then uh, so will Rick Hayes. Okay. Jen Hodson, uh, a few others, and I, that's just the first round of people I'm announcing, and then this week I'll be announcing some more. Some what, what are the dates again, Keith? It's October 1st through the 3rd in Louisville, Kentucky. Okay, and what's the name of the, of the show of the of the convention? It's, what is it? Mid-America Paracon. Mid-America Paracon. Okay, and... Yeah. If somebody wants to follow up, what website can they go to to get that information? www.midamericaparacon.com. There you go. Okay. So are yeah. you, I take it, are you going to put like the, it's like, a, do you, are you going to have like your weekend packages or anything like that? Do you know when you're going to be yeah. putting up your tickets for sale? Yeah, yeah it, the tickets are already on sale. If you go oh, they there. are? Oh, yeah. Okay. And, uh, it's uh there's various different things there's uh friday night does all that mm -hmm. which i'm happy i don't have to do any of that stuff no more and uh you know you can go to also www.frightnightfilmfest.com okay and same thing uh you ever heard of the actor named tyler Maine? of course absolutely me and tyler Maine and my husband we did fear fest out in biloxi mississippi a few years ago where we were playing cards. <laughs> so, yes, yeah. I know Taylor made tall guy. Yes, and yeah. Tony Todd, by the way, also, yes. Yeah, well, Tyler will be, be there. Yes, he's a very yeah. nice gentleman, by the way. Very, oh, yeah. very nice man. Oh, yeah. And uh, are you a fan of the Rob Zombie Halloween movies? No, but my husband is. Oh, my God, that Captain. Oh, no, it's a little bit too gory for me. I'm just. No, no the, I, no, I, the I, his his Halloween movies, not not the uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, not I Captain Spaulding. I know. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of like. Let me tell you something. I love horror movies, and I've always loved horror movies. But I'm, you know, I guess that I'm always expecting from Rob Zombie. It's gonna be like it's gonna be too much for me. It's gonna be like oh, too graphic, too too realistic. How's that? Because you know, there's some oh, yeah. movies that are graphic, but they're not really realistic. It's like oh, here, all right, go back to you know. Yeah. Well. The Captain Spaulding, who you just mentioned, yes, said, hey, yeah. he and I were good friends, and uh, he was actually a ghost hunter. I did not he know would that. Go out, yeah, he'd go out and hunt with 
uh, me and um, he hunted with me and Brian uh, Harnwall at uh, a prison up in Pennsylvania, uh, several different other places. Uh, here, okay. I'll give you another one people don't know. Do you remember James Hampton, the actor? James Hampton, no. I'm drawing a blank on remember, that. Remember F Troop? Yes, of course. Remember Dobbs the Bugler? Yeah, that's him. That's, he also played the father of Teen Wolf. Yes, you're right. You're right. Yes, I know who that is. Wow. Nominated for an Academy Award for Sling Blade. Uh, also, that's he was right. The, he was a Sling Blade. Yeah, he he was the original caretaker in Burt Reynolds' the original movie Longest Yard. Yes, yes. Uh, him and his wife are very dear, close friends of mine. He just died last month, but they are also ghost hunters. I did not know that. You'd be now surprised. that you mentioned Burt Reynolds, I went to one of, I, I want to say I saw Burt Reynolds. It was um, Spooky Empire that they have over here in Florida. And he did an appearance with his car from, you know, Smoking the Bandit. Bandit one. Yep. And that was, that was great to see him. It was like, wow. Even though he's a Floridian, I, you know, oh, yeah. and he, he was there with a car and I mean, he, you know, he already passed away. He, you know, I want to say this was what 2016, 2015, something like that. But yeah, yeah, he, he died uh, about four or five years ago. Yeah, mm -hmm, yeah, I mm -hmm. met him. I met him down. Um, uh, I was uh, an officer when I lived out, and I had to uh, go do a prisoner transfer. And it was after I did that, I went to this little deli. Uh, mm -hmm. He walked in. You know, got the meeting, talked to him while we're sitting there. Somebody ran into his car, parked car. Oh, so, yeah, so, yeah. Incredible. But, uh, I, yeah, I, so think, I think they just sold his property in Juniper Hill. Really? Yeah. Um, I mean, I know that I wasn't, I, I know that he had different properties that got sold along the way, but I, I thought that I didn't know anything like that, that his property had gone up. Or was up for sale or something like that. Yeah, that uh, well, it was it, the main house was where he was at, and mm -hmm. whole bunch, whole bunch of acreage, and then also the theater that he built. Right, there. right, the Burt Reynolds Dinner Theater. Yeah, that. Yeah, I so didn't know he still had that. Sold. Yes, well, but it, a lot of nostalgia involved with that. Oh yeah, I know. I, I lately, believe it or not, I've caught a couple of his early movies. Like really, this was even before he became known, you know, through smoking the bandits way, way, way before that. Um, oh yeah. Sam whiskey. And yes. I, I can name yes. a few. Yeah. Yes. I, I remember like, his TV show, Dan August. I remember that. Even though they say I, that his breakout role, the one that really made him famous was when he did deliverance, but he, people don't realize he did a lot of stuff before deliverance. Yeah. He started in the mid fifties mm -hmm. and, uh, what is the role that got him going was uh, Gunsmoke. He was a regular the first two years. Yeah. Yes. And then yes. from there, yes. that led to more TV work. Right. And then uh, in the 70s, you know, he did, I guess it did Dan August TV show. Mm -hmm. And uh, because he would do his own stunts and everything, yeah. people were drawn to him. And then he did. 
bunch of Western movies and spaghetti Western. And yes. Bad yes. Western. <laughs> and uh, then he did uh, Deliverance. And then it just exploded. Yeah, and that's when he, I think that's when, because back then you remember there was always a differentiation between your TV stars and your movie stars. Yeah. yeah. And everybody was always hoping to go and become a movie star. Um, <laughs> that kind of thing. Hey, that's, just, that's the paranormal world now. You know, <laughs> I know. People, I know. <laughs> people get into it for the wrong reason. They think they're going to be a star. You it's know, called and sensationalism. You know, yeah, I know. And, and, you know, and and my lectures and stuff, I talk about this, and people go, "Well, you're only saying that because you've had four or five different TV shows," and I'm like, "No, I've had ten movies, and I've been on over forty different TV shows, and yes, I've had three different series, but no, I didn't get into it to be do that. I said I already had my fame years ago. You know, I'd rather be known as the rock and roll ghost hunter or the rock and roll whatever, because that's mm -hmm. that's where my passion is because I still play uh, and uh, you know and they're going well you probably made a lot of money I'm like son paranormal TV pay sucks you know if you're getting into <laughs> uh -huh. it for that yeah. and they're going well you're at all these conventions I said because you people asked me to be you know of course, of you know, course. and, and people don't realize that this thing about the the reality show this is basically what a 15 year thing way back then there was no nobody was walking around like trying to do reality shows uh, you had like what in search of i mean they were like you know in, in search of in the 70s was big mm -hmm. and then you know and then they're going well x-files i was like well you know x-files started in the 90s but yes it didn't yeah. it didn't get broken up until ghost hunters in 2004 right that's, that's the, yeah. and then we came along long 2005 you know right and uh i said and then chris fleming had dead talk mm -hmm. patrick burns the the three top uh paranormal shows in 2005 2004 2006 was ghost hunters us yes. and um patrick show uh haunted evidence right those were the three top and then yes. since then you've had everything but the kitchen sink thrown out <laughs> Yes, I know. I know. I know. It, it's and sometimes I'll watch some shows just to see like I, I'm I'm like I want a fresh approach, you know, like tell me, you know, and, and to be perfectly honest with me personally, because maybe because of the long history of that I've done, I, I'm not really partial to so much equipment that they've got nowadays. It's and I know they're trying to produce proof or it looks good. For, for the true paranormal investigator, that's really a distraction. If what you're really trying to do is research. Now, if you're yeah. trying to make it look interesting, that's a whole different thing. Yeah, you, you got to make it look good for TV. Yes, uh, I know. I know. And yeah, you know that, what? That's that, that, Go ahead. No, no, that's what I'm saying. I, I get a lot of people that uh, contact me be, about becoming investigators and which group and and I tell them, okay, you know what? See if you can find a group that will give you a test run because a lot of people are disappointed with real paranormal investigations where it might be boring or nothing goes flying across the room. You know, yeah. in other words, they're thinking that they're going to have the reality TV version of an investigation and come to and find that's out not it. that's not it. And yeah. or, you know what? That client can only see you on the weekend. You know, that's the only time that they can allow somebody in their house. 
So you also have to give up your weekend if you're really serious about it. So a lot of the the interest, now I'm going to say all, some of the interest in being an investigator goes south once they, <laughs> yeah, once yeah. they realize, hell, it's not what I, I thought that I was going to be going to these places and like, nah, something. And I said, you know what? There's places you go to. There's nothing happening. <laughs> there is nothing yeah. going on. Ghost hunting is is the one of the boringest hobbies yes. that's out there right now. You know, nothing has been proven. No. Uh, you know, there there is not one tangible piece of evidence yet. We have, you know, a lot of personal experiences, mm-hmm. and and then we capture the EVPs and things moving and stuff like that. And you're right. lucky if you do. You know, you're mm-hmm. very lucky. Yeah. And because what I used to do. People, you know, would flood me out saying, I want to be a ghost hunter. I want to be part of the LGHS. Well, fine. I take them to a house that had activity. Just you don't know when it's going to do it. Right. And I'd make them sit there in the dark for eight hours. All right. Fine. Got bored watching the paint dry. Now, yes. now you're going to get yes. even more bored. We had 10 different digital recorders going, and we had six different digital cameras going for mm-hmm. 10 hours straight. Now you've got to get up there and watch and listen to all that. All that material, so that, yeah. Yeah, and, and hopefully you'll capture something. You know. mm-hmm. Yes, and that can be. Uh, Talk know, about time-consuming. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I tell her, you know, and, and, you know, I don't know if you've heard that there is a joke, you know, how stuff happens either before you've unpacked equipment or after you put it away. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You it's, know, like, it's like me. Years ago, I used to bring a lot of equipment for people to use and stuff like that, and I quit doing it. I might carry a bag, and that's it. You know, right. my main thing that I use nowadays is the FLIR system, you know, right. the thermal imaging. That mm-hmm. is actual science, and we've caught some great stuff on it. Okay. That we sit back, you know, uh, for uh, Children of the Grave 2, caught some wild stuff and sent it to FLIR, and they're going, what the hell is this? I'm like, you're the scientist. You tell okay. me, you know, and there's what did you like, catch? What did you clutch on that <laughs> we, camera? Well, if you go watch children of the grave two, okay. we're at an old abandoned, uh, home for children. Okay. <clears throat> and we're in a room and it's not good to give me a camera and just let me get bored. <laughs> we have oh, a psychic. Okay. That's doing his thing in the middle of the room, 50-something degrees outside. All right. And this is an interior wall. He's doing his ooga-booga stick, and I'm really getting bored with it quick. So I just turned the <laughs> camera around, looking at everything, and uh, all of a sudden, capture what looks like the wall is swirling in purple and different colors. And I'm like, what is this? And I can see a, a grip, a guy who's holding a light bar. That's all you see is his hand. And, uh, of course, it's different colors because he's showing up as heat. Okay. Well, you got him, and you got his thermal shadow on the wall. That's normal. You know, it's going to do whatever he does. Well, all of a sudden, the swirling motion swirls over to where he's at, and it takes the shape of a third shadow on the wall and i'm telling him raise his hand do this do that and all both shadows are doing the same thing this shouldn't be happening you know 
there shouldn't be a, a second thermal shadow here. And this oh. goes on. This goes on for six minutes of me telling me what to do. And, you know, the booster is over here filming behind me to tell me to be quiet. And uh, after about like I said, six minutes, this thing is on the right of me. All of a sudden, on film, it walks away. You see it walk. Okay. That's pretty and, uh, you know, so I'd start calling it Peter Pan effect. You know, Peter Pan lost his shadow. Right. Uh huh. So, and uh, like I said, we sent the Fleer. Fleer's like, we have no idea what this is. You know, it was there. Any and let varying... me ask you something: Was it, it? It wasn't giving off heat, or what was it? Or no, was it, it just was showing us cold? It was showing us very cold. It was showing us being colder. Colder. colder than okay. The yeah. Okay. Because I was yeah, thinking, man, that would be a neat trick. So yeah, it was well, showing like colder said, than the uh, surrounding. Oh, wow. Well, what it is, you can see, like I said, the grip's hand. Then you see uh -huh. his thermal shadow, which is a colder right. version on the wall. And mm -hmm. then there's an even colder version of that shadow. You know, it's like oh. looking at one of those funhouse mirrors where you see all the way, you know, 50 different versions of, of, of an image. That's Let me tell you, that would be. How did he feel? Did he ever see that? Did you guys play back for this person? Did you? <laughs> he must have been like, "What?" Oh yeah, like I said this was a guy that, you know, when when me and the Booth brothers shot these movies, mm -hmm. uh, people think we had a great big production team. No, we didn't. It was just the three of us, shooting, wow. filming, and then we might have one or two people helping us carry stuff. That's it. So, yeah, you were there watching what was going on, like, firsthand. It was, like, right there. Because you, were, you guys were actually doing the, the actual filming, in other words. Yeah, because originally, with <clears throat> Children of the Grave was the second movie, uh, and we used a very old FLIR system that did not, you couldn't cable out of it, you know, to go okay. into a camera or something. And uh, so back then... If I was capturing something, here I am filming it. Chris is on my shoulder with his camera filming the thermal, me filming that. And then Phil would be on Chris's shoulder filming both of us. Okay. I see what you mean. That is, that's incredible. That's a great story, by the way, as far. And even though you were saying that no proof has been captured, that's, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty uh, convincing proof when you have that type of camera capture that, especially yeah, when it walks that, away. That is a phenomenon that we do not know what created it. And that, that's just like, you know, people say ghost, 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 ghost. Mm -hmm. And I, do, I don't even use the term ghost anymore. It could be some little, little green men on a far off planet going, hey, watch this. You know, we, <laughs> we, we don't know what it is yet. But it's a phenomenon uh, uh, that's happening. Yes but we can't explain it. You know, that's just like people talk about orbs. I am not an orb person. No, 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 no. When, no, you, no, can, no. when you can recreate it 99.9% .9 of the time, plus yes. I got stabbed by a lady because of an orb. Uh, you got stabbed by a lady because of an orb? You must say stabbed. that. Stabbed. stabbed? Like in stabbed? Yeah, like, like it's an 8-inch butcher knife by 2-inch, yeah. Why would she do that? I got to hear the story. You have to say that story. Because she was crazy. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> All right. But, 
This this happened at a convention. Okay. And and if you've been on the receiving end, you'll know what I'm talking about. People mm-hmm. walk up with pictures all the time. What's this? What do you think about this? Yes. And yes. I try, and I give them my my honest opinion. You know, this lady puts this picture down. What do you think about this? And I'm like, it's a dust or. And she just looks at me like she's ready to kill me. She says, no, that's my dead aunt Petunia. <clears throat> and, and I went to explain to her how the camera catches the dust orb with the lens yes, of the flash. Exactly. The flash. <clears throat> I feel something hit me in my shoulder, chest area. And I look down, and it's this eight inch by two inch butcher knife jammed to the hilt. What? And, oh, yeah. She, she stabbed me over this friggin' orb picture. So, and, uh, what she's carrying, what she pulled that out of her purse? What the hell? Well, I didn't notice it, but she had it in her hand. Sitting there talking, and I was more interested in trying to explain to her what was going on in the picture. And uh, I don't know, you know, uh, uh, you know who Kane Hodder is? Yes, I do. He's he's Jason, right? Yeah, another longtime friend. Yeah, I know. And I'm I'm trying to to swing. (laughs) My right arm, and it she's jammed it into the socket, the socket oh. of my right arm. Oh my and I can't god! Move. And that's oh. that's the only only woman I've ever hit in my life. I don't, and, I don't blame you. I mean, uh, come on. Uh, uh, Let me ask you though: Did she hang on to it, or did she just like conk and what did she? Or she was yeah, planning to it. keep going with the uh, stabbing thing. I I she she probably got stuck because I couldn't move my arm. And it was jammed in the shoulder socket. Oh. And, uh, and like I said, I I got I was upset. I swung and I connected, and I went to pull the knife out. And Kane and were going, no, 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 sit down. You know, don't touch this. But uh, she got out of prison about three years ago. She spent fifteen years of a seventeen-year sentence for attempted was, murder. You, you beat me to the question. Like, what happened to her, man? Yeah. Oh, but they arrested. She, she, but she couldn't have been too well upstairs. I mean, come on. I told you she was nuts. I mean, but no, literally she was nuts. It's not like, <laughs> you know, not yeah. like, oh, you're nuts. You know what? And, yeah. and that's, I, I have found through my years, uh, mental instability and the uh, supernatural or the occult, not, they don't mix well. Is you get no. stuff like that happening. Yeah. And Lucky and you. People, yeah. And then I've had people walk up and, Hey, you're supposed to be a tough guy, a biker, huh? And I'm like, yeah, I ride. And I'll take a swing or whatever. You know, you're just crazy. But uh, back back to the orb stuff. You know. So anyway, the next time that somebody asks you, look, it's that orb, it's my Aunt Petunia, you're like, absolutely. That is your no, aunt. <laughs> no, usually my hand is on my gun at that point. But you know what I'm talking about. It's like, talk about unexpected. I imagine everybody around you must have been like, what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I said, I was trying to pull it out. And they were like, no, get your hand off. Leave it alone. Forget that pulling out. It's the how did this lady come up? I mean, I imagine they're probably seeing somebody try to show you something. The next thing she's pulled out a butcher. That's well, obviously, uh, you're alive to tell the story, but. Oh, what, that's that's, uh, that's Took a you to the hospital. I, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kane and I have done a lot of gigs together and stuff. 
and we were at this other convention. They had security around us, like in a wedge, mm-hmm. and we were we were behind the wedge, but they didn't have anybody behind us. And my hair used to be down to the middle of my back, and we're standing there waiting to go into this meet and greet thing. And I felt my head jerk back real quick, and I was like, "What the heck?" And I turned around and looked. There's this girl running around. She got scissors in one hand, and about. 10 inches of my hair in the other and she's going i got it i got his hair got his hair and kane looks at me and he goes i thought i'd seen everything boy he says your fans are freakier than mine i was like <laughs> like no i just got more hair and, aren't you uh, glad she was a fan right and not something else i mean if she's doing that as a fan oh yeah and then four days later she put my hair up on self on ebay what Oh yeah. That's yeah. funny. That's incredible. I need to make some yeah. quick money. Whose hair am I going to chop off? Hey, you wouldn't believe the death threats and everything else that we get for having a TV show. Really? You know, Why? Oh, oh yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> I uh, guess, you know had- what I, 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 I mean, that's not, it's a, it's a paranormal show. There's nothing offensive about it. Some people just do not want to listen to what you got to say. Ah, yes. Yeah. Well, and, let and me like tell you I something, said, boy. Are you, when are you going to write a book about all these adventures, Keith? Uh, I've, already wrote, I've already wrote one book, and it's sold out. Okay. And all right. It took me 10 years to write it, and I don't want to write another one. I hate it. Oh, Dictate it. Have somebody do the legwork for you because it sounds like you've got so many great stories. Well, those are rough, wild times back then. You know, that's why they call me the outlaw ghost hunter and everything else. You know, I'm liable to pull up on a Harley as much as being to a car, you know. And, uh, you know, I've been all through Australia on a bike going visiting these haunted places (laughs) from one end of Australia to the other. So, you know, it's it's oh. pretty good. I, I have fun with it, and uh, and now I've got my own production company, okay. and we're going to be filming a new series. It's called uh, Haunted Bourbon. Okay. And uh, about different places around here in Kentucky, because you know the this is the Bourbon State. Yes. And uh, and it's it's going to be Haunted Bourbon or Bourbon Spirits. I'm leaning more towards Bourbon Spirits. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's nothing new, nothing, you know, fantastic. Hey, oh, my God, look at this. Or mm-hmm. did you hear that? Or wait a minute, I'm getting possessed. Uh, you know. <laughs> oh, stop. Like you that. know what? <laughs> I have to. I was back in uh, in Lexington in 2017. I went to a scare fest. It was a scare fest. So anyway, yeah. when I went there, I went to a couple of the, uh, of the um, cemeteries there. And they had huh. you guys got some interesting cemeteries in that area. Uh, as far as haunted stuff going in and around them, of course, you know everybody's like a cemetery. But there's some like uh, there's one, which is Georgetown, I believe that uh, the one that's buried there is what they called Tent Girl. That she was found dead, and it took forever to finally get her identified. She's buried there. But yeah, there's a lot of interesting places around there. Yeah, Kentucky, when you come to, if you ever come to Louisville, you need to go to Cave Hill Cemetery. It's one of the largest cemeteries in the in the country. Cave Hill. Uh, Colonel, Colonel Sanders is buried there. Muhammad really? Ali, president. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's okay. Huge. Okay. And, uh, 
I myself don't do too many cemeteries. Uh, uh. Just because the common sense in me is going, uh, no. Uh, you know, here's, here's my thing on it real quick, real simple. Mm-hmm. First of all, a lot of cemeteries don't want you there. No, now they don't. No, now it's become a problem. It has. Yeah. Yes. Number two, God forbid you die today, okay? <laughs> all right? And then you have your choice of where you'd like to go to haunt someplace. Are you going to haunt either A, someplace you love, B, mm-hmm. somebody you hate, someplace you hate, <laughs> okay. or C, are you going to go haunt this piece of hole in the ground you've never been to in your life? You know what? But you do have, there's some people, though, that pass away and don't get it. They, they, they missed, they, they didn't get the memo about that they pass away. So they follow their bodies around. And I think that sometimes like when you get those pictures in certain cemeteries and I'll tell you what, um, also you will have a lot of occult practices and ceremonial objects that are left in and around cemeteries. Totally agree with that. Or you got murdered right there. Okay. And invocations. You get a lot of stuff, a lot of non-human activities, you know, because of, it's used because, you know, everybody thinks of graveyards or cemeteries being consecrated, ground, hallowed, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But because, precisely because of that, you do get a lot of occult practices that use the grounds, uh, leave things there, uh, yep, bind the it in there. That, the powers that are binded to the ground, yes. Yes, so yeah, that's why I'm saying I, I agree with you up to a certain point. But there's also other stuff there, especially there's graveyard sentinels. There's a bunch of other stuff roaming around that sometimes you will get weird stuff. Um, but also the same thing of what you mentioned as far as that before people really didn't care if you went to a cemetery. Who cares? You know, so you decided nowadays a lot of them are really strict on letting anybody in there, even during the daylight hours because yep. of that. So, um oh, yeah. Yeah, I I I, uh, I work with uh, that service, find a grave, and I get a lot of requests for people wanting to get certain graves, you know, in the area where you're at, photographed. And you got to be careful where you're going, or you got to let people know that you're in there because if not, you could find yourself in a weird situation. <clears throat> yeah, with or um, they also have weird hours of service, and yes, they do. They do. You know, some places they close at dark. Other places close at 4 p.m. Yes. I got I got <laughs> locked into the one in Daytona because of that. And the bar patrons across the street, thank God, at the Boot Hill Saloon, came over with a ladder and got me out. So, oh, yes. Is, it, is that, is that uh, Marin's Cemetery? No, it's called, um, was it Pinewood? It's the original old cemetery for Daytona. Yeah, that, that's, that's the Marin's. Uh, yeah, and that, you know, right across the street thought. is the Boot Hill Saloon. Everybody Boot hanged Hill out Saloon. there. And yeah. I went in there, and it was daylight, and I didn't look. And they were like closing, and the next thing I know, I'm leaving, and both gates are locked, and they couldn't find the guy that normally would hang out. And thank God, these guys had got a ladder. I had to jump over the 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 iron fence. It was like. <laughs> yeah. So yes, I and that was in the in the middle of the afternoon, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I understand exactly what you mean by yeah, that. That's why I knew where it was when you said Boot Hill Cemetery. 
they yeah, don't. They're, 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 yeah, that's they. They got a lot of in, interesting graves there, and um, I used to know a girl. She passed away, believe it or not. She uh, her name was Dusty. She wrote a book, and Dusty she wrote. Used, yes, you know Dusty or knew Dusty. I knew I knew Dusty for thirty five years. Really? Okay. We were very good friends. Well, we went out. I went out there. This was many years ago. This is because you know that um, that show, A Haunted or Haunted or whatever, they based one of their episodes on some, you know, what she wrote in her book. Right. And um, I remember we went out to dinner. I went and I did the tour with her and she was telling us about, you know, how they were on her end that they were trying to preserve the, the, the graveyard because it's a very old cemetery. Like it needs upkeep. And um, yeah, because they, they, they had a problem with mm -hmm. the older section that yes. the, the, uh, the sea level was rising underneath it and the graves were popping out. Now there I could see somebody getting upset because their graves been tampered with and they were popping up out of the ground and uh, they actually had to bring dirt fill in to make it, you know, bigger, make, make it more hilly to where they had more room right. to bury yeah. Right. And they've got some of like the the some of the basically the founders of that area are buried there. They've got like the original things. And I remember her telling me and she told me a story that uh, the, the older man that kind of like um, was her mentor as far as preserving it. He ended up helping somebody that was homeless and the person turned around and killed him. But he yeah, used to be them. right. I remember she yeah. told me that story and. You know, in other words, basically that the caring of the place was on a volunteer kind of basis. So, yeah, I remember and we had a good time and, you know, every once in a while we traded emails. But and I was very surprised to find out when she passed away. But, uh, yeah, yeah and her boy, I, her boy came out to dinner with us also. I can't remember his name now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I had talked to her like a month before she was just starting to go downhill. Really? Um, because right before that, mm -hmm. uh, her, her, me, Bill Bean. Uh, you know Bill Bean? Oh, Bill Bean is lead guitarist the for, the Orb, for the Orb Tones, my band, one of my bands. Wow. Okay. So yeah. anyway, keep going with your story. So you got together with Dusty, what, shortly before? Um, yeah, like, like a month before she actually started going downhill. In mm -hmm. uh, Georgia, in Georgia, and uh, we were all at the Hilton, Jason Hawes, a bunch of us. I mean, so you're talking early 2000-something. Mm -hmm. I, I can't remember the date, but then it, within a month, she was gone. Right. And uh, I don't know, I remember when she went to dinner, we, we took her son. I want to say he must have been like 12, 11, 12, 13. He was a young 11, teenager. 11, I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, he, that was, uh, he was... Nice kid, real nice, real sweet kid, and we all went out to dinner. And I mean, she was a great story, and she really gave us behind the scenes look at what the story that she wrote about the investigation of what took place. A lot of it, which of course never made it into the show itself, no. but which was very interesting and very frightening. It was like, man, you're 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 brave, girl. Yeah. But um, uh, I love I love Dusty to pieces, and uh, yeah, you know, yeah. some of the people that I've known since the '90s. Uh, I think the only one still around is Troy Taylor. And yes, he's been God for a long time. He's been doing this, all these books, and he's excellent. Yeah, 
Oh yeah, him and I are real good friends, and uh, like I said, there's a lot of us gone now. And like I said, I've got my own production company, so I'm doing that. You know, and with COVID, that kind of changed the whole yes. entire yes. landscape yes. about doing yeah. things. And uh, you know, I usually do 48 to 50 gigs a year, and last year I did three. No, it, it, it that it totally. As a matter of fact, I um. I'm working on a new book and I'm trying to get locals because, you know, out here we've got, not only do we have ghosts, we've got UFOs, we've got Bigfoot, you know. So I said, you know what? I need to interview some people. And I, I, I was going to do like a meetup group, like let's meet people. Like, you know, in person, I said, you know what? I know there's going to be somebody out there with a great story who's for some reason doesn't want to meet. So, you know, I'm offering them like, if you want to, we'll, you know, we'll interview, talk to me, you know, on the phone, on a Zoom call, whatever you want, you know, because I know that there's still people out there that are kind of wigged out with this thing, you know, and others do don't you, care, but. Do you know who Tim Yancey is? What's the name again? Tim Yancey? Yancey? No. He is in your part of the country. Okay. Great okay. guy, him and his wife, Trish. Mm -hmm. uh, he is the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Every bit of George Lutz's file and pictures and everything of Amityville was passed to him. And he was best friends with George Lutz for years. And really? That that's somebody you might want to talk to. His name is Tim, Tim Yancey. Tell him I said that. Y-A-N-C-E-Y. C-E-Y. Okay, I was going to leave out that he had that. Tim Yancey. I will absolutely look him up. I never knew. I, you know what? I assumed that um, that that material would have gone to Lutz's, you know, kids, you know, their children, whatever, you know. Well, Chris, the youngest, uh, who's a friend of mine, mm -hmm. uh, he actually has changed his name and doesn't really want to talk about none of it. Uh, you know what? At a certain point, can't you can't. I, I would understand that. I, I can understand that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, like I said, uh, the thing that always got me in the original murders mm -hmm. that happened there, right. there is one one photo. And Tim, Tim actually has the photo and a lot of other photos people have not seen. But the original, okay. the, the DeFeo murders... Uh, Right. There's there, there is a picture of staircase, and at the top of the stairs, there's a bunch of police officers and detectives milling around up there. Mm -hmm. And and in between them is a picture of a little boy standing there. I want to see that. I, I I've seen the one that everybody shows, which is the little boy looking over the banister. You know yeah, that he has he has the original. Really, and yeah. that believe it or not of. Of all the photographs, of all those stuff that's been compiled, I would say that one is one of the ones that, you know, you felt like your hair standing on end, like, wow, what is this? Well, well, my thing on it is, is Ronald DeFeo had killed everybody in the house except for him. Who's this kid? Where'd he come from? Well, and you know, one of the things that I've always thought was really unusual about that case, I mean, as far as the, the, the murder, how come none of the neighbors heard anything? Yeah, 
a 44 hunt rifle shooting multiple shots seven, yeah, multiple seven shots times. seven times and, and nobody and wakes house, up yeah and these houses are not that far away I and mean, they're not really close but they're not that far away well, the thing and, is, this uh, is the middle of the night. It's a quiet residential area where you think anybody hears a gunshot and they're going to be like, what the was that? <laughs> yeah. Somebody trying to steal my boat. Yeah. Whatever. It's uh, like, I'm getting up and I'm going to check it out. or I'm going to call the police something. That's the, I've never, that's the one that I try to massage it this way and that way. And I'm like, uh, you know what? Um, and there was a matter of fact, um, there was another case that, occurred also in the 70s same thing he was a one of these family annihilators and it was in ohio and it was called the east the sunday easter sunday slayings and this sunday guy slayings. he did something yeah. he wiped out his mother his brother the wife and a bunch of kids and at the yeah. end he turned himself in whatever same thing on an easter sunday nobody hears in the middle of the afternoon multiple shots going off the police end up coming because he calls them he calls the police. And when I hear this, it's like, you know what? You don't want to look at, and I'm not, I, by this, I mean the hokey part of the paranormal. I'm talking here to truly either occult slash malevolence that you think, man, there's something going on when these events of bloodletting take place. Yeah, it's not like they this. had a silencer. Not like they had a silencer on it, you know. Right, well, you know. Well, no, the, the, and, and, that, and the case... And the case you're talking about, it wasn't a rifle. It was a shotgun. Yes. Yes. I mean, yes. I mean, you know, killed like six people mm -hmm. in their, in their beds right. or, or around, or around their beds, but nobody tried to run out of the home. No, I, I, that's, see, that's, those are the things that you're like, that, you know, unless you're there, of course, which, you know, the only one that is he's sitting in jail or prison, whatever. It's like something there doesn't add up doesn't make sense doesn't like why you know <clears throat> and from what i understand there was you know they did toxicology on um on all of them there's nothing that came back with any type of like that they were drugged or anything like that yeah. so yeah so. And, and and again you know <laughs> you're right well, yeah this well, is if, if i remember it was like three four five o'clock in the afternoon mm -hmm. when this happened that's so there were there were, uh, you know, housewives and children playing outside. Exactly. You know, and, you know, you know as well as I do, if my next door neighbor's fired off a shotgun inside his house, we're 30 feet away, but I'd still yes. hear it. I'll tell you what. I've <coughs> lived in, in residential areas where I, where I live out now. If I you hear shotgun, you don't pay attention to it because that happens. But everybody yeah, knows. Somebody, somebody's getting dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, you know, or... What, that's not a big deal, but you live in a residential area where you've got houses and houses and houses and kids running around. It's residential. Believe me, you you even get firecrackers going off and you'll think people think it's somebody shooting. You know, it's like they call the cops because, hey, somebody's firing off a gun. It's just fireworks. So I, those are the things that to me are like very weird, very, mm, you know, and um, the, I want to say the not the glitzy part of the paranormal as far as when you start looking at something obviously which is called mass murder or family annihilators that very dark very um disturbing um yeah and uh no of course afterwards this thing with and by the way a lot of people don't realize that the lutz has had two ch children of their own afterwards 
because everybody always sees the three that they had when yeah. they moved into the house, but they went on to have their own children together um, yeah. after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. Christopher, that, that was Kathy's youngest son mm-hmm. that George, right. George adopted. Yeah. And then, yes. they, then Kathy and George went on to have a couple more before they got divorced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, um, they, uh, and you know, you get so many conflicting stories, whether they recanted or whether they stuck to their guns and said, no, that it was the truth. I mean, there's so many versions of that. Um, that, yeah. like uh, I said, that, that, that picture you and I both are talking about, mm-hmm. that's, you know, whether something, something happened in the house. Oh, absolutely. Chris, something happened. Chris will only talk about so much. And, uh, you know, but that picture of that of that child at the banister with that all is, those cops, you know, all those cops around. Nobody's, the whole family, yeah, whole family's done been slain, mm-hmm. you know. And what is this child doing there? And the cops not paying no attention to it. Exactly, like if this was a real kid, you know, they'd be like, "What are you doing here, kid?" You know, and nobody's reacting. Yeah. I, to me, that was that's. That's see, those are those very uh, those captures on film that it doesn't have to be gory or scary. It's just like it's so out of place that one particular thing that it's like, oh, geez, talk about, you know, and, and, yeah. and it, he appeared very yeah. normal looking. How's that? He didn't. Yeah. And, and then, you know, you go back to what we were talking about a while ago. Not everything is paranormal. Mm-mm. And, uh, you know. I had this lady call me once. She says, you got to come quick. My dead ex-husband is haunting me. And I <laughs> really I said, what makes you think this? She says, because the toast burns every time like he likes it. And I yeah. said, excuse me? And uh, she, she says, yeah, uh, I got a brand new toaster from Walmart, and it burns the toast every time. And I said, ma'am, see that little button on the side? Just, I've done turned it all the way down. Okay. I said, well, take it back to Walmart. Get in the toaster. He's like, no. He'd be haunting them every day. And those poor people in Walmart are very nice to me. And I like them all. And this, that, and the other. I said, okay, throw it away. And she's like, no. Then he'd be riding in the garbage truck. And I was like, okay. I said, you still got the toast? He goes, I sure do. I said, well, we're going to get ready to go. He goes, what I do? I said, well, take you a paper towel, put it on the counter next to the toast. Oh, I can I hear rip the paper towel. He lays it down and says, okay, now what? I said, pick up the toaster, turn it upside down over the paper towel. Hit it on the counter. I hear this clunk. I know she did it. The next thing I hear is, oh, my Lord in heaven, I've got his ashes. <laughs> I was like, there you go. I said, roll them up, ball, and go throw them in the garbage. He goes, I have a garbage disposal. Would that work? I said, that's even better. <laughs> you didn't ask her if by any chance she carried a butcher knife around with her, right? Uh, I didn't know what kind of psychotropic drug she's on either. <laughs> yeah, she needs the upper dosage. But, uh, <laughs> that, that's what I said. But, uh, yes, but no, I, not, I, not everything is paranormal. Fear, adrenaline, 
go a long way of making the ghost appear. How about bored? Uh, yeah, loneliness. Yes, it does. That's that, yeah. that's people don't realize how much that'll fuel long. Uh, you know, hey, that noise I heard in the whatever is like, yeah, you've, you've got a pigeons in your attic, whatever. No, you know, I'm, uh -huh. the uh, whatever coming to get me. Let's all run out into the car and sleep in the car. Are you kidding me? Yeah, and, and and then you've also got some ghost groups out there that just need to be shot. Uh, <laughs> plain and simple. Uh, you know. know, we went to this this one house. Come come to the house. I've already another had a team out here. They were here for fifteen minutes and left screaming. Like what? So we get out there. This guy's walking away from his house because of this group. You know, so yes. we investigated this house for six months. Because they told him he had six demons living underneath his stairs. Not one, but six. Wow. Six. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He showed us some of the things, and some of the things we automatically knew what was going on, just natural stuff. Like right. uh, like the kitchen door. It opens and closes on its own. Well, it opens on its own, but it doesn't close. That's because it's out of plumb. Yeah. You know? And... Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't have a ballast on it to swing backwards. The other thing is, you know, uh, he's got a brand new TV it just bought from Walmart. It turns off and on by itself and changes channel by itself. Well, we went did a little dig and went next door to the guy who lived next door. He bought the same TV at the same <laughs> sale. Remote, I know it's got to yeah, and put it on the same wall as this TV's on, and he's having trouble too. He's he's already taken it back three times. <laughs> At uh, least he did try doing it that way. Yeah, so there's that, and finally, after like I said, six months of us understanding, look, here's what's causing this, 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 and this. He says, "Well, what happened to the demons? I, I think they left 15 minutes after they got there." <laughs> Because and they, and they he didn't they didn't say what it was that drove him out. It was like we're gonna let you assume that whatever it is, it's horrific. Yeah, and this guy was ready to ruin his you know financial rating and everything else by walking away from this house, you know, yeah. and the bank have it back because of some idiots. And you know yes. that goes back to the whole thing of you know people getting in for the wrong reason. And then not yes. doing their diligent work, yes. you know, their own homework on this stuff. Yep, yep. And 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 I, you know, because I get it from both ends. I, I, you know, have people contacting me about joining a group, or I get people saying they want a group to come out to do something at their house, and I say, well, you need to do your research. One of the best things to find out is how long they've been together. I said, um, because this this lets you know that these people at least have gelled and. If they've been doing at least a couple of years, three, four years or more, that's usually a good sign that they know what they're doing um, and that you stand a better chance than having what you just described happen. <laughs> it's like, hey, what's wrong? But, you know, they're already peeling out from your driveway. Yeah. You know, Crazy. Of course. Anyway, Keith, thank you. So it's been great to talk to you. I've had such a great Same time. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, I'll go ahead and I'll put a link uh, on the credits of the show uh, as far as your website. And then, of course, you mentioned it for my podcast listeners, especially for the uh, event that you've got going on in October. 
you know, which is uh, well, Halloween we've, time. We've got, yeah, we've got a bunch of events. Uh, I, I do put on a lot of events and stuff, and uh, it's good to get back to it. That may tell you that people are bit. hungry for it. People are dying oh, to yeah. go back and have fun. Yeah, thank you for putting the link up. But for all the events and stuff, find me on Facebook. Just look for okay. Keith Dave. Okay, you got it. You got it. Again, thank, thank you so much. So much for having, yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's been my Appreciate pleasure. It. Take care. Yeah, it's been fun. Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow. What great stories. Let me tell you something. I wasn't kidding. He should write another book. <laughs> he says, yeah. I go, you know what? He's probably, you know, just in this little time that we talked, he had some great stories. Can you imagine if he actually sat there and wrote another book? There's, I'm sure there's stuff like, you know, that you remember right off the top of your head. Then there's other things that when you put your, you know, you stop and think about it. You go, man, yeah, I remember now that that happened and this happened. And, you know, and by the way, I didn't, I didn't necessarily mean it as in a, um, uh, what, what do you call it? Uh, paranormal stories. They could be, I'm sure he's probably had a lot of adventures and weird stuff that's gone on while, you know, he's been, uh, doing all his, you know, whether he was doing his, you know, music tours or anything having to do with the paranormal. And, you know, there's, <laughs> let me tell you though, I think the one that really threw me for a loop is the one having to do with the, uh, with a lady that stabbed him. You know what? <clears throat> I'm going to tell you guys something. And a lot of people, you know, you think, wow, you know what? Somebody like this that's capable of doing something as far as stabbing a person in front of everybody, um, you would think this person would, it would be very obvious that there's something wrong with them, you know? And sometimes it's not. And I'll tell you what, there was... Um, when I started to do my hypnotherapy work, I had a, um, and I've spoken about another shows, I had converted, I had like a separate garage area and I converted to my office, you know, and this is the office where I said, you know, this is when I knew I was going to get a case because I had one of my windows was frosted glass. And sometimes I would see shadows dart back and forth in an area that I knew there was nothing there. It just, there was only my big trash cans I would leave out there and the window was high up. So plus I had no dogs. There's nothing. It didn't face the sidewalk. It couldn't be somebody walking down the sidewalk. But anyway, in that office, I also, I would do my hypnotherapy sessions and <clears throat> it was a small office. And, you know, I, 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 I timed it really good with my, uh, with my appointments and everything. And, I never really had any difficult experiences with any of my clients. And then when I moved to the farmhouse, I had a room downstairs where I started doing sessions and it just dawned on me once um, that, you know what, sometimes you will get people that do have problems, severe problems mentally. Um, they might be under, they might be getting some type of counseling or care and maybe their meds aren't working for them or they've stopped seeing who they're supposed to be seeing. Um, 
you know, a bunch of things. And um, I remember one time, I'm going to give you an example, and sometimes it doesn't have to do with, you know, this was a few years back, I had this lady come to see me. And, um, you know, we were talking, and when I had spoken to her originally, she, she's telling me, oh, no, for relaxation. Okay, that's fine. So, but, you know, one thing is when you speak to somebody over the phone, another thing is when you're sitting down with them. And we start talking, and she's, I want to say she was like in her late 20s, early 30s. She's telling me she's married, has three children. Come to find out, to make a long story short, her husband had sent her to go to get hypnosis to learn how to love him again. In other words, he paid. He wasn't there, by the way, thank God. Because I was like, huh? He, he was paying for her to come and get hypnotherapy or hypnosis so that she would feel for him the way that she used to when they had just met. All right. And basically, this was a relationship there of several years. They had been married less than 10 years. Turns out he was one of these guys that was super, super, super possessive. Even to the point that one time she told me that, you know, if she would ever, you know, one time he like sat outside the, she was taking a shower and he sat outside the, on the rug of the bathroom. And I'm listening to this and I'm like, and basically what she wanted, she wanted out. She wanted out of the relationship. And this guy, I don't want to say he was a great guy, really. He wasn't. But it was just one of those things that's like, I can be a jerk, but you better not ever think about you're leaving, much less with my kids. And she was basically detailing how she was even making a plan to uh, a friend that she had finally, she had started working someplace. She hadn't even been working, but for her kids, her youngest got old enough where she had this little job and this other girl and that they were going to like leave and she was going to disappear with the kids. And I'm like, I, I'm just a hypnotherapist. <laughs> I, I thought I was going to hypnotize you to relax, you know? And I told her, look, you tell your husband that I cannot do that. I, there's no such thing as hypnotizing somebody to recapture the way they felt 10 years before. It's, it was obvious to this guy that she just did not feel for him anymore. There was nobody else. She wasn't cheating on him. Nothing like that. She just, she he had been such a jerk all these years that, it, you know, when you wear out, the, the love is gone. And um, I said, and guess what? I said, you know, we worked, I relaxed her, you know, I helped her, you know, to go, she was, you know, her, she had a lot of stuff going on in her head and, and I allowed her, you know, I gave her, you know, so she would go into REM sleep and, you know, at least like slow down so you think better and figure out what you're going to do. But I'll be perfectly honest with you, when she called me back for her next appointment, I didn't take it. Why? Because I could see Marlene being caught in the middle of a real ugly scenario, which I didn't want. My point being that sometimes when you work with people, even though there was nothing wrong with her, by the way, she was absolutely normal. There was no mental problems, nothing. She was just caught in a really difficult, impossible situation. And she kind of knew that she was dealing with somebody who did possibly have some problems uh, with his thought process. Um, what he described, and I'm going to go into the thing of the, the, the occult 
and paranormal investigations and things like that. You know, <clears throat> contrary to when you see on these shows, all these uh, families or wherever it is that they're going, they've been vetted. Okay. You know, every once in a while, you'll see some of them that they're caught off guard, like, oh, okay, you're really, oh, what's wrong? But by and large, they've kind of vetted this client that they're going to, where they're going to go investigate. And I think they let it get as dark as just to make it interesting, but not really disturbing, disturbing. As in somebody like this that stabbed him in the shoulder. Um, and people don't realize as an investigator that you can come across this very, very easily. Okay, why? Mental illness, uh, substance abuse, you know, that, that mix. And then you throw in there an occult or fear of the occult or the thought or, you know, the, the ghost. And because your reasoning is off and let me tell you, that happens. And for any would-be ghost hunter slash paranormal researchers wannabes, this is something that you got to think of. Because you don't have a production team or producer that does checks out your potential uh, clients for you before. And by the way, you can talk to somebody on the telephone and it will sound really normal until you get there. I've had a few experiences. I've, I've shown up at houses where they had mannequins dressed up as people <laughs> in the living room. And... I, <clears throat> me and a, I met another investigator and we were looking at, because we had, we were waiting um, outside because we waited for the team to get there. And somebody had gone up and said, you know, there's some mannequins, there's dressed mannequins in the, everything. First of all, everything was in black and white, the entire house, black and white furniture, so you name it, black, white, black, white. Okay, whatever. Hey, you like that? That has nothing to do with but then they tell us, hey, there's some mannequins dressed in black and white posed in the living room. And we're like, okay, before we actually got in there, <clears throat> we're thinking, okay, maybe these people, this client is in the fashion industry. Maybe they own a store. We're like, we're trying to second guess, but why would they have them posed in their living room? As in like, you know, when you walk in and you've got your nice fancy living room area, not the family room, the, you know, turns out later on, they weren't in the fashion industry. There was no reason for mannequins. Like, and, and by the way, it wasn't like an avant-garde artistic expression thing. Like, yes, I have the, my avant-garde creation of my, you know, mannequins dressed in. It was very, very weird. There was a much, I'm not, not going to go into that case, but that was a weird case. Weird people turned out. Very unusual. My point is that sometimes, and sometimes, to be honest with you, stuff like that is like unusual but benign. Nothing happened. There's nothing threatening, nothing like that. But my point being that you could talk to somebody on the phone, pre-screening them for an investigation. And then when you get there, you're like, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> I have more to worry about than any potential haunting going on in here. I have to worry about you because there's something about you. You have this, mm, what I call this flavor of instability. That's very scary. Okay, especially, and did you hear what he said? This lady went off on him when he didn't, he didn't see Aunt Petunia. He didn't, you know, he said, no, that orb is Aunt Petunia. In other words, as long as you're going along for the ride, everything is great. So what happens when these people, when they, they you go in there and you might not be, 
giving them the feedback that they're expecting. Like, yeah, that's right. Not only do I have a ghost, I have a demon. He's got seven heads and he's ready to take my soul. And you're like, uh, no, well, yeah. Then you're going to have your own horror story going on for real. <laughs> but yeah. And that's one of the reasons why um, I stopped doing my hypnotherapy that way because I realized that there was, uh, unfortunately, you, you, you sometimes got people that, I couldn't help them. I wish I could, but uh, you know what was going on with them was um, was out of my hands. It wasn't, mm -mm. and uh, yeah, that can happen the same way when the paranormal work. Uh, and sometimes you don't have to go looking for it. Sometimes it comes to you, just like what happened to Keith. He's standing there, and somebody's showing him a picture, and next thing you know, he's got a butcher knife stuck on his shoulder. That's incredible. Okay. But anyway, guys, <laughs> what great stories. Uh, again, if you want to listen to any of the podcast versions of any of the shows, whether it's Stories of the Supernatural, Nightshade Diary, Supernatural Storytime, all you have to do is go to the website and, I, and, and I'll point you to a page that I have where you can either click, you know, no commercial interruptions is the point that I'm getting to. Uh, you can click. You know, and you can listen to the podcast on your browser or you can download the MP3 file. And I've got links at MiamiGhostChronicles.com, at MarlenePardo.com. You can go to NightshadeDiary.com and or SupernaturalStoryTime.com. They've all got the links directly to the podcast versions with no commercial interruptions. Otherwise, I do have links to all the major podcast platforms, whether it's iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, you name it. I'm there. You're going to find me. Um, and of course, through YouTube, we have the video versions, even though I'm on a lot of other platforms like Rumble, you name it, I'm out there. Um, and you're going to find the links there. If you have stories that you want to send me, go to myghostchronicles.com and submit your story. As I mentioned to Keith, I'm after I finish this book, I'm going to put together a book of true ghost stories or by the way, no, scratch that, not ghost stories. I want stories of unusual events. I don't care what it is. Bigfoot, cryptid, something stared at me through the window, ghost. Uh, I got caught in the woods and uh, I had people hunting me. Oh, you know, a deliverance version, whatever. I don't care if it's weird and unusual. I want to hear about it. So, you know, like I said, I, I'm trying to get local people, but uh, let me tell you something. I'll take a story from anybody. Uh, again, I don't need proof. I don't need a video. I don't need a photograph. It could be a secondhand story, somebody that some somebody told you, or something that uh, this story has been going around in your family for years and years, and that's that's fine too. And uh, again, you know, if you give me permission, I'll use your name, and if not, not at all. If you want to say, hey, just my name is John, not a problem. We'll make you John, Jane, Joan, whatever. I don't care. Um, and more than likely, you know, uh, I'll send you a copy, a free copy of the book once it's published. For participating so if you or if you know of anybody i'll let them know that i would like to speak to them and um, listen to what they've got to say so i can include them in the book and uh if you have uh any suggestions for guests for topics let me know as well it's marlene at miamigoschronicles.com you guys are all wonderful and i truly truly appreciate that you come back every week and you spend this time with me and please come back because I have some fantastic and very interesting guests coming up. 
take care. See you next week.